From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey West Live for December 4th, 2022. Tonight's scheduled guest, The Rink Live's Jess Myers. Behind the Mask's College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, then you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. AT&T Wireless, unlimited high-speed 5G data at no extra cost. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. And by Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your next stay at druryhotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-INN. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. It's Sunday night, which means it's time for College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight. Uh, just arrived at my hotel via boat here in Arizona. It's a desert, but we have uh, more water than we know what to do with. So, um, yeah, safely into the Harris Resort in Maricopa, Arizona, just south of Phoenix metro area. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein, joining me from that beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island. Um, never has to deal with water issues or boats or things like that. But, Paul, how are you? Um I'm looking for my little violin. Yeah, let me know if you find it because I could definitely use a tune. It, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, please. Two I days mean, without sunshine in, in the state of Arizona. Oh I mean, that God. is like an eternity. I know. I know. What are you going to do the other 363 and a quarter days a year? I don't know, but man, it was awful. It was awful. Whatever. I was soaked. I got soaked yesterday. Then I went into Oceanside, the coldest ice arena in all well, of the world. Know. That we know. And, and froze solid because all of the water on me froze. I was like an ice cube when I tried to get out of there. I had to go outside to warm up in 56 degrees, and that wasn't good. But you know what? It could be worse, Paul. I could have had to have my game canceled because of uh, fog. Yeah, that's just, that's just. <clears throat> it could have been mm -hmm. fog. I mean, they played, I mean, whenever I hear the word, you know, whenever I think of that, I think of what that playoff game in the, in the Boston Gardens yeah. when it was fog. I, I don't even remember who they played. I just know nobody could see. I don't know how the players saw the puck, to be honest. Um, certainly couldn't see anything on TV. But well, that happened today at 
AZ Ice Arcadia, where the uh, UNLV Rebels were going to take on the uh, Grand Canyon Lopes at 12.30 today. And, uh, yeah, the game got called because they uh, they couldn't see. Too much fog on the ice. So that uh, happens just, here in the desert. Which is weird, but um, uh, maybe it wasn't Boston. I'm sorry. Um, as I quickly Google it, um, it was between the Flyers and the Sabres. So was it in Buffalo or Philly? Uh, I'm looking for that right now. Okay. Well, let me know when you uh, find it. In the meantime, I'll talk oh, was to the Buffalo. rest of the listeners. It was Buffalo. <laughs> oh, I just had to get a picture of it because <laughs> back then they wore the uniforms the way you're supposed to. You wear white at home. Oh. And the Anything to get a little on big road. in there, right? Anything? Anything that you can do? Well, <laughs> that's not a dig. That's just the facts. That's the way it should be. Sorry. That's, 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 that is, that's, that's a, just the facts. Is, I love it. It's just the facts. I love it. Um, I'm watching. Uh, unless it's an Islander game, I have to look. I have to think about it still after all these years who the home team is. When I watch a game, I oh, that's right. The, the home team is wearing a dark color. Go. They did it to quote unquote at some sort of anniversary. Fine. You did it for a year. Go back to the way it belongs. And I dare you to find anybody that thinks that this is the way it should be. Well, um, maybe we should hook you up with uh, Mr. Bettman. You can have that to talk about plus some other things. Oh, I have a lot to talk about with the commissioner. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see uh, what we can do to get that. Do it. We'll see if we can get that worked out. Well, you know what? He, he There was a heckler in Tempe. I don't know if you saw that, but there was a heckler at the Tempe uh, council meeting really? when it was over with, and he said... He said, let me speak with the media, and then you and I can do a one-on-one. Nice. I'm not think sure that, that it ever happened, but he, that's not, what no. he told them. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, we're here to talk about NCAA hockey. In a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Jess Myers from The Rink Live. Uh, Jess and I sat next to each other in the uh, mullet press box uh, last weekend as uh, the Sun Devils and Gophers uh, played each other. This weekend, Paul, not so good for your Sun Devils. No, no, no. And um, what do you want to start? I'll there? just Where say do you this. Want to start? I'll wherever you. I mean, listen, there weren't a whole lot of other games for us to talk about. Caden um, and we got another shutout. Two bad shutouts so far in his career, and he's got them both against uh, Minnesota Duluth. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, they played a great game on Friday night. Not so much on Saturday. Okay, so let's get back to your Sun um, Devils because they played number two uh, last weekend. They played number one, yeah. arguably, this weekend. Yeah. And uh, things didn't go so well at Magnus Arena. No. Um, uh, by the time Saturday rolled around, it looked like they were out of gas. I think um, you and I talked about that on Friday night, that they yeah. might be out of um, gas on Saturday. And, and I'll just say this again, and, I, and, I, and, and, and obviously we're talking about ASU, but I'm not – this is just hockey 101. Um, players today are just too darn good. You're not going to score goals if you don't go to the net. You're just not. And if you looked at just about every goal that was scored this weekend by both teams, not just ASU scoring and not just Denver scoring, outside of Denver getting a goal off of an absolutely ridiculously dumb pass 
on Friday night to Benning in the high slot. Every one of those other, other every one of those goals in both of those games by both teams were guys crashing the net, going to rebounds, screening the goalie. That's how you score goals in hockey, and I don't. I, that hasn't changed. I, I've been a hockey fan for fifty plus years now, and that is never going to change. No, and the better and, and better the goaltenders get too. You're not going to beat them with with a good shot. I mean, yeah, you might if you're Alex Ovechkin or if you're somebody like that can snipe a corner. Yeah, that's uh, going to be the all time leading yeah. goal scorer. That you can't. That's the problem. Everybody wants to be him. You know what the problem is? That is. He's the only him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that so that was uh, that was one thing. I thought the other thing that popped up was some. I'm going to be kind here and say some inopportune times to take penalties and some pretty bad penalties to take. Can I say that? Well, you're the alum. Was, so you tell me. That was probably the best part of the weekend for Asia was a penalty killing. No, no um, I'm talking about the penalties that they took. Well, I'm yeah, I'm getting to the that. penalty killing. I'm, they they I'm were okay penalty Hold killing. Hold on. I'm getting to that. Dumb. Absolutely no place for that. I'm not going to name names because that's not what we do. But you know, and anybody that was watching knows, there's no place for that. It's bad enough that ASU has a reputation as it is. And not being in a conference, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. And I don't care what the story is. Leagues can deny it, but that's just the way it is. It's just the facts. Uh, can we rename the show just the facts tonight? Because Whatever. you're Call bringing out a lot want. of facts. You're bringing out facts tonight. I know I know there are people that have problems with that, but, you know, hey. Um... Pretty boy hockey, and I and I just doesn't work. You know, it worked for the Soviets. You know why? Because they did it five on five. They did it. They they did it as a group. Um, I I can't sit here and tell you what Edmonton did in the eighties, game after game after game. But I guarantee you, if you went there and looked, that they were moving the puck so fast and only had the best player of all time and a, and a truckload of Hall of Famers. Unless you have that, you better get down and dirty. You better go to the net. You better crash the net. You better screen the goalie. You better get rebounds. And you better get the puck in. And that's how you score goals in hockey. And I, and I don't and the 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 pretty plays are nice. But if you can't finish, and you can't put the puck in the net, it doesn't matter. Yep. Okay, I, I get your point. I think everybody gets it now. We all understand. You've been screaming on this bandwagon for a little while, so uh, it, it's true. It's factual. There is no doubt about it. Um, and I'll also say this, and I'm not saying that this would have made the difference between them winning and losing. I'm not saying that. But 
the move was made to put Jackson Niedermeyer on the back end. And as you watch these last four games especially, I can't even say that. It 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 showed up in Clarkson too. But having that guy that has the skill to get the puck out of his own end by himself, especially against when need be, he doesn't need to. Right. Do, you know, no, no, I'm not be, saying all the time, but yeah. he can. I just want to guy clarify that has, that has the ability to do that especially when your team is stuck in its own end for whatever length of time you can be. Makes a huge difference. Yeah, um, no doubt. Um, okay, you know, the so ASU had that when they had Brinson Pashta. They did. And by the way, they went to the national tournament when they had yeah. Brinson Pashta. And they were probably going to go again had yeah. the uh, COVID not uh, interrupted it, but on that note, where where do we stand now, Paul? Uh, do we want to talk about this, or do we want to just leave it uh, in the wings at this point? Because um, 29 in the pairwise is a long ways from getting in as an independent. It is. It is. And there's no... Uh, listen, are there a bunch of teams between 29 and 30? Yes, there are. I mean, a, a very close... Very tight numbers. I, you know, once again, we know what the pairwise is, and we know that there's not a set number of points you get or lose or whatever. But when you just look at the numbers, it's all very, very tight. So to say it's over, a little early for that. But it's getting close. Well, it's let's, getting let's, very, very close. Let's talk. You wouldn't let me do a uh, a magic number this No, year, because so a magic number. Well, so I because... didn't do a magic number, but but you, there is a number that you told me that you thought they had to get to in win in the win column, and we're creeping up on that. They have thirty six games aware this year, and um, I told you, I said, hey, if they get twenty three or twenty four, they got a shot. You told me that that was not going to happen. Am I, I right? Think it's enough, but. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I here's what I here are the things that I didn't foresee, and 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 you'll understand this because this has been. I don't want to say a weird year, but since let's just in, in the ASU era, this has been a very different year than the other seven. Fair enough? Yep. Okay. Totally agree with you. Um, the NCHC doesn't seem to be as strong. And we're, we're getting close to the point we're saying that it is entirely possible that they only get two bids into the NCAA tournament after basically 10 years of Getting four four teams in. Um, Hockey East has been down for a long time. Where they have not had, 
the conference depth that people expect from those traditional programs. Um, you're not going to see seven Big Ten teams in the NCAA tournament. But you have all seven in the top 30 in the pairwise. You could have four or five Big Ten teams make the tournament this year, which would probably, which I think would be a first, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, you're looking at a half a dozen Hockey East teams, because right now in the top 15, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, six Hockey East teams in the top 15. <laughs> That's crazy. That is absolutely yeah, well, crazy. This whole this whole tournament could be hockey east and Big Ten. It could be. Outside of the <laughs> automatics the automatic bids. Yeah. I that mean, have to be given out. Assuming there's no upsets. Right. You have to assume Quinnipiac is in, so that's one ECAC team. Um and what what are we gonna do? Are we gonna cover it? Are we just gonna close up shop and go, well, wait till next year? Well, I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll let college, you know. College Hockey West Live is, is running pretty weak now, except uh, for the Denver Pioneers. So I guess we, well, have, okay. them. Yeah. we have them. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, I mean, like I said, it's five. Uh, like, I said, like I said, it's, let's see, Minnesota, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, are all in the top 15. Notre Dame is at 17, and Wisconsin's at 30. That's five. Yeah. And we're talking six Hockey East teams, so you're talking about basically, unless there's an upset, you know, you, you, Quinnipiac's going to be in. If they don't win the ECAC, that could screw somebody. But... Um, I guess it depends on what Harvard does. Yeah, I now, mean, it's, it, it's topsy-turvy for certain. And, it, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's very, very unusual for what we're seeing. And right. maybe maybe that's that word you love, parody. Maybe no, it's uh, no. it's something else. I don't know. Um, I want to put a put a bow on the the ASU talk since I'm in Arizona and will be at the right the media day uh tomorrow as they prepare for for New Hampshire uh right. coming up next weekend but here's what I see um it, it's hard it's hard to sweep anybody so when somebody does get a sweep in the NCAA in 2022 that's a pretty big thing so if you're talking just purely numbers two things that jump out at me for for the Arizona State Sun Devils is um, on the road has not been good to them. They've been swept at Clarkson, two losses. They've been swept in Denver, two losses. That's four right there. They lost uh, twice in Duluth. I guess that's three sweeps. So six, they lost once at Bemidji. So seven of their nine losses have all on come the uh, oh, on the it, road. Yeah. And we talked about their schedule, how, how home heavy it was. So, so let me ask you this: Is the lack of attention to detail um, becoming a problem for the road games? Because you know you only got a few on the road, and you want to win at, at home so bad that that maybe 
there's a little bit of mental lapse. I don't know. I'm just looking for anything because this team is much better at mullet than they well, are anywhere on the road. Well, I mean, this team should be better record-wise. You you want to say that they've had some bounces go against them? That's fine, whatever that they have. But they've also made some plays that have cost them. Now, I guess getting to, getting to my point, though, is how bad is this road series? Because how many how many road games do they have? Twelve? How many Even do they have? Well, I don't I don't know. Isn't like it 24 and 12? 24 at home, 12 on the road? Uh, something like that. Yeah, but if you've already lost seven. Uh, listen, road, I, I, seven like I said, we, we, under, we understand at this point. You understand, we everybody understands at this point the odds are against them. But you got to take the first step, and that's win on Friday. I get that, but you also got to take a look ahead and go, like, um, how realistic is well, this? Well, you run can't do that, though. Yeah, well, You can't do you, that. No, no, the players and the coaches can't do it, but we as media people can. Well, and we can look at it and go, like, okay, you need to do um, – almost the unthinkable you'd have to have almost a nearly perfect record from here on out yeah i listen i can't argue with that as much as i'd like to did you say it's, agree or just i thought maybe no 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 i'm never I gonna maybe say i that. heard agree well, no i said anyway. i'm not gonna argue with you okay Difference. <laughs> i thought maybe that was that was meaning agree but anyway um so as we as we look forward, it's going to be an uphill battle. You you never throw in the towel until they tell you it's it's over. But goodness gracious, I mean, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about hoping they would be in the top sixteen before they played Minnesota and Denver, and now after they play Minnesota and Denver, they're at twenty nine, and now they got this uh, really long road trip. As Coach told us, though, they are chartering to New Hampshire, so that should help uh, a little bit. But still. I mean, New Hampshire's not playing great, but still, you got to go take care of business first and foremost. Yeah. Then you got to come off and you get Christmas, you get a Christmas break before you uh, play New Year's uh, Eve or day before New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve uh, against uh, a very good Boston College team. Uh, yeah, they're they're playing better this year. Yeah, they're so five hundred two, just like ASU. Then so. you got to play the uh, the uh, Desert Classic. Which has some pretty good teams and Tech and, yeah. and BU and yeah. Air Force coming in. Yeah. Uh, then you got to prepare yourself down the stretch. I mean, you just got to start. You know, I know there's a lot gotta of home win. games in there. There's gotta a win. bunch of you home just have games. Have to win. Yeah, but how in the world, Paul? I mean, just I, I think about that. How Listen, do you? I understand. How do you put together that many wins in a row? That's well, almost unthinkable. Even the I, best I teams in college hockey haven't done that ever. I get it. I get it. You know, I I get it. But here's and I've said this before. If this is the, if this is what it takes to make them uh, puts a little urgency in their, a little pep in their step, so to speak, about getting into a league, then it'll be worth it. Yeah, I mean, because I you don't have these same issues if you're in a conference. Well, I, I whether agree and with and we understand the NCAA has their deals right now, um, and maybe that's been part of it. But let's go. Let's Speaking a let's of go. Let's go. 
speaking of let's go, our guest has joined us. We finally got him on. So we've got Jess Myers from The Rink Live joining us. Jess, you got Scott and Paul with you tonight. First of all, how are you? How was your trip back from Arizona? My trip back from Arizona was great. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, Loud great. And okay, clear. Perfect. You sound great. I uh, went down, spent a couple days in Tucson after we were in, uh, in the uh, Phoenix area. Went and saw my dad's kind of old snowbird stomping grounds in Florence. And, uh, and then I, I kind of grew up going to Tucson. My grandparents were snowbirds down there. So kind of neat to, to be down there. Got some fantastic Mexican food. We did some hiking in the desert. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that as a uh, every year college hockey trip. Count, count me in. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm your guy. Let's get the Sun Devils in the Big Ten. Let's get them in the NCHC. I don't care where we have to get them as long as I'm, I get a trip to Tempe every year. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I love it. Uh, Just hold on a minute. Just let me tell you, uh, I'm back here from California after I saw you. I went to California for four days and uh it's rained two straight days i mean you literally need a boat you know where arizona city is for sure sure, sure. okay they're underwater their oh streets are underwater i mean it's been i haven't seen the sun for 48 hours i'm going stir crazy paul doesn't care because he gets all that new york sun but anyway yeah great to have my, you uh, on. great to visit with you on here that was so my dad uh until this year has spent his winters in florence which is you know right. kind of between phoenix and tucson and uh the gila river runs right through there okay so anytime you get a good rain like this my dad would always say hey there's water running in the gila river and of course i would always ask so how's the fishing anybody anybody catching any perch out there anything but no of course it's uh, it's arizona that you know it's it's a wash as they say and uh, yeah no not, nice time out there but but just from a hockey standpoint holy cow did they do it right when they built mullet arena and uh, you know, a big thank you to Greg Powers. He kind of kind of gave me a tour, gave me a run of the place, and showed me, you know, all of their uh, all their spaces there. And you know, he he was very honest about what it was like recruiting when you know Oceanside Arena is where you showed guys, hey, you you're going to come and play here for a few years, and uh, it's an absolute game changer to have a facility like Mullet at a school like ASU. Um, you know, with with a coaching staff like he's put together with Sean Doogie and him, you know, all those guys. I mean, what a step forward for that program. So uh, a bright future. And Scott, the, the the last time I saw you at a rink, the game you and I were at, that crazy 6-5 overtime win by the Sun Devils, you know, and, and it was funny. The Gophers, once they got back from, from Arizona, said, you know, Bob Motzko said, that's one of those weekends you just throw it in the trash. You don't talk about it. You don't learn from it. You don't look at the tape. You just forget <laughs> about it. But the thing I came away with, and I and I told my wife this on the drive down to Tucson, as much as it hurt Minnesota to lose that game, and it didn't hurt them much. They're number one in the pairwise, and you know right. it was a non-conference game. But as much as it hurt to lose that game, if you're Minnesota, I said, as a guy who has always been all about growing the game, this was my thought walking away from Mullet Ice Arena that night is sold-out crowd, and I'm guessing there were at least – 50, maybe 100 people in that building that night who had never seen a college hockey game before. You tell me those people aren't hooked on this game after what they saw that night with the back and forth action, with the crowd, with two good teams going at it, with you know that top line of Minnesota's, which Greg Power said is not only the best line in college hockey this year, he said it's the best line he's ever seen, period. Um, and, and with him, with all of that said, Finding up a way to drop that play in overtime to win a faceoff, you know, hit a guy with a breakaway pass, and they score the game winner. I mean, that was just – if you're not entertained, you know, stop coming because that's as good as it gets. 
Well, I, I was going to say, I mean, like I said, unfortunately, you, you know, not having been there, you could feel the intensity for a regular season non-conference game. You could feel the intensity uh, through the computer screen for both of those games. Um, I, I don't think I'm misreading that, am I? I, no. I don't think so. I mean, it, it was, no, it was just a fantastic atmosphere. Okay, so let me let me ask you this because this is what I was going to ask you right off the get go, and you you kind of jumped me on it with the uh, the thoughts on mullet. But um, now that you've had a chance to digest it for a little bit, tell me the good and tell well not me tell tell the audience the good and the bad about mullet arena because every place has got some bad things or some things. And you leaned over to me on Friday night and you said. Hey, there's some people here that really don't understand hockey, do they? And then, and then you you prefaced it right away, and you said, "But they'll get it." And, yep. Uh, yep. So- well, and I mean, you know, Scott, that manifests itself in, you know, a guy gets the puck behind his own goal and starts up ice with four defenders in front of him, and the crowd starts going crazy, like, "Oh boy, we have the puck." It's like, okay, calm down. Yep, something good could happen, but but you know, wait, wait to get more excited when it's like a three on one or a two on one, not a one on four. You know, that, that to me is a sign of, of just a fan base that, okay, we've got the puck, something could happen, but, you know, you, you maybe don't know the game as well as you will. But, but you know, and I, I was on Twin Cities Radio yesterday, and they asked me about Arizona State, and I said, this is almost sad to me, but I said, maybe Arizona State now with this fantastic arena is going to grow the game and educate hockey fans in Arizona about the sport because for whatever reason, the Coyotes haven't done it in 25 years. And I don't get it. You know, I love the Coyotes. I want them to succeed, but it just hasn't caught on there. And I keep, you know, I'm hopeful for this potential new arena in Tempe. I, you know, I want them to find a way to make it work. I saw Gary Bettman the other night and I wanted to thank him once again for not giving up on that market. But, you know, maybe, maybe college hockey is the entry point for some people. Uh, Scott, do you want to take this? Because I, I'm, I'm just going to go. Well, and, and, okay, before we go there, because I, I, I realize I'm getting us far afield. You asked, no, no, about the good and, you asked about the good and bad of Mullet Arena. Yes, yes. And I saw this at Oceanside, too, and I saw it the, you know, last week at Mullet. I love the fact that fans down there embrace the idea that, you know what? The weather's nice here. We don't care if it's late November. We don't care if it's December. It's, you know, it's 55 degrees at night. We're going to be outside. We're going to tailgate. We're going to have bands. I love that part of it. I loved walking to the rink, hearing music playing, seeing, you know, people literally sitting on their tailgate, having a beer before they go into the rink. You know, have fun with that part of it. I love that. Here was the one thing that maybe kind of puzzled me about the arena design. And maybe this was intentional. But I noticed the ceiling and all of that is black. And, you know, in a lot of arenas, I was in Yost the week before, they have like silver reflective all over the all over the ceiling because it creates more light and it makes it a little brighter in there. That's the one thing I'll say about mullet is maybe it was a little dim because I noticed the superstructure, the ceiling, all of that is painted black. Now, you want to talk about, you know, the devil going going down deep underground, being in a scary place. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe that was kind of the design to make it feel like, oh, you're going into a dark, scary place where the devil is. But but uh, wow. that, that, was, that was maybe my only thing that I kind of questioned about the design of it. I'll take that. I'm, I'm fine. That's fine. I, I can live with that, with, with that critique. No. I can live with it. Okay. Um, so... 
uh, Scott, I mean, you know, Jess brought up really quickly here the growth of the game. And, you know, I, I, I'd rather have more hockey to talk about because there weren't a lot of – I mean, ASU decided not to go to the net this weekend and not score goals because, <laughs> you know, I mean, apparently hockey has changed. But, um, you know, um, we're sitting here in December – and we're talking about ASU and their record at this point. And I'm not, no, I'm sure nobody's happy, but in my mind, if it creates a bigger urgency for them to get into a league, then I'll take it. Your thoughts on that? You want me to take that one? Well, yeah, yeah I've already asked Absolutely. Scott. I don't care what he thinks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been very clear on this. I think Arizona State can and should be the eighth Big Ten hockey team. Um, I keep hearing things about, you know, academically they're not to the standard that maybe the Big Ten wants. Oh, knock it off. <laughs> well, yeah, they have, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying bring Arizona State on board because they have a great ag school. I'm saying bring them on board because you need an eighth hockey team. They've got a competitive hockey team in a great facility. You know, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Ohio state would kill for what you have at mullet there. Um, I don't know. I've never been to to shots. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, this is what I always say about Ohio state. The women's rink is too small. The men's rink is too big. They need one. That's just right. It's like Goldilocks, you know, you you need something in the middle and they're just not doing it there. And that's the one thing that disappoints me about Ohio state hockey is you is They've made a good commitment to the sport, but they haven't committed to the facility. So I'm saying, and, and I said this when I was there last Friday, when I went to the rink for the, for the morning skate, you know, I get on the, the gopher team bus. They were just going to give me a ride over. I had had a surgery, so I was having a little trouble getting around and they gave me a ride over to the rink and there was an athletic official from the university of Minnesota, uh, traveling along with us then. Yeah, who I know pretty well, and he's one of the guys who makes the decisions about, you know, uh, input with the Big Ten on things. And I said, you know, the Big Ten is bringing USC and UCLA on board because they want the Los Angeles TV market, among other reasons, right? Right. You're telling me they don't want the Phoenix market? I mean, you talk about one of the fastest growing TV markets in the country and one of the fastest growing areas in the country consistently. You know, you're crazy if you don't, if you don't think about adding them as an eighth team you know, easy, easy to get to. You're you're yep. what ten minutes from a major airport yep. to the rink. Um, I I just think it's a natural fit. And Jess, uh, you uh, you know because you've been around uh, just how many Big Ten alumni are in that na- in that neighborhood. Absolutely. I mean, just, I mean, I have my own ideas about what they should do, but that be, you know, taking those out of the, I mean, from a business perspective, it's probably the right place for them to go. I think so. You know, I don't know about unless now. Now, this guy who was sitting next to me in the press box, squirrely guy with glasses, I think he went to UMD. He said something about creating a Western <laughs> college hockey league. Now, Scott, you, you you repeat to me what you said because you because you obviously have a vision of you know the Alaska schools, Arizona State, maybe you know UNLV if they come on board. What what was what was kind of your thought there? Well, my thought is strictly this: is. Um, ASU could become the uh, Minnesota State of the CCHA, if you will. Um, they could bring on some teams, and they could be the 
the good guy from forming helping form a league. But let's face it, they're going to be one of the, if not the dominant team for maybe a decade. So if you're talking, Paul and I were talking earlier about um, what do you do now if your season, as far as the pairwise goes, is over as an independent? Because we both think that once you get past 10 losses, it's over. You can't make it. It's tough. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean. Especially when you don't have a conference playoff to. Right. To, right. You know. Exactly. So, so why not try to form that Western conference and then be the big dog in a small conference for a period of time? And, and the only reason I, I disagree with you on the, on the big 10, and I, I think they would be a great in the big 10. I just don't know if the big 10 wants them. And I'm talking about the teams. I mean, you've heard me say this before, Jess, that I don't think I've ever seen a Minnesota team get fired up to play a team other than Arizona state like that ever before. I mean, they get fired up for big matchups against Michigan, but man, they don't ever want to lose to, to Arizona state. And I get it. I mean, they're the Johnny come lately and they're in a great climate. Now they got a great building. So I don't know if they're, you know, if they're ever going to quote unquote, get a fair shake in the big 10. Am I wrong there? Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you can tell him he's wrong. I do that all the time. I mean, I guess, I guess, I just don't know what you mean by the, the definition of a fair skate. Like, would they be fairly considered for potential membership? Is that what you're asking? Well, no, I, I'm just saying, like, the year that they came up there and played during the the, uh, the pandemic and played all Big Ten games, and and they said, yeah, we're we're glad to have you, and we'll reciprocate with games going down, but you can't play overtime, and you can't qualify for the conference tournament, and yep. you can't do all of these different things. It sounded like there was some. I don't know, sour grapes um, with that, even though they came up there and played. And I just don't know if if the Midwestern people have accepted fully the fact that there's a maybe a building program at Arizona State. Sure. And I've been away for a little while, so, you know, maybe maybe I'm not reading it correctly. I just thought, I don't know that I've ever seen a Minnesota team har- play harder and want to defeat a team more than they did uh, all the times that they played Arizona State, including the time that Arizona State was down a lot and they just put the crunch on them for like 10 or 11 goals, whatever that was. <laughs> I told I told Greg Powers when I talked to him in his office, you know, and he was, he was showing me around. I said, you know, I've seen a lot of lopsided games. I said, I have never seen a team and a coach as down physically, mentally, all of it. It's after that 10 nothing game at, at 3M Arena at Mariucci where the Gophers, like you said, you know, ASU was, you know, they, they had a club team goalie they put in for the third period. I mean, they just, they had nothing left. And they had played something like, you know, 12 straight games on the road. And this, this was the last weekend before they finally got to go home for a couple of games. And Greg came on the Zoom afterwards, you know, because this is t- COVID. You couldn't talk to anybody in person. Right. But he just, you know, he kind of shook his head and he said, We've got nothing left. You know, there's just nothing left in the tank. He didn't even try to sugarcoat that like, hey, I liked our effort in the third or, you know, anything like that. It was just like, wow, we're we're just throwing up our hands. So, you know, that was a that was a marriage of convenience. It was it was the COVID year. ASU needed games. You know, the Big Ten had a, a way to make it happen. You know, I, I didn't necessarily agree with the idea that, you know, you make them play four games in your building and you play none in theirs, but Bob Motzko joked about it. He said, you know, we all uh, we all were obligated to play two games down in their building. And he said, I picked first because they, they wanted to go down there. They had a fun kind of Thanksgiving trip. They went to Matthew Nye's house. Uh, you know, the whole team went over there for Thanksgiving and a bunch of the parents. And and they had a lot of fun with it that way. Um, That's good. 
now, now the one thing I said, you know, they, they win three to two on Friday and, and, you know, it, nothing came easy. And that was a good Arizona state team. And, and they scratch and claw and they managed to, to win a, in a game where Justin Close played really, really well. And, and the one thing I said is it seemed like there was a little too much turkey and a little too much sunshine in their game on Friday. <laughs> you know, they, they looked like a team that wasn't, uh, didn't, didn't quite have their heads on hockey yet. And then, you know, you talk to the Gophers now, they said they felt like they played much better in the Saturday night game and, and they wind up losing that one in overtime. So, so, you know, that that's hockey. It's just, it's just weird. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that never yep. happens. But no, I, I, I think that. You know, as if if they were brought on board as a Big Ten member, they would be given, you know, all the uh, all the benefits of, of Big Ten membership. And, and you see the way Notre Dame is treated. Um, I think it would work perfectly. Now, you know, distance doesn't change. It's it's never going to be easy to get from Sky Harbor to State College, Pennsylvania. You know, that's going to nope. be a that's going to be a four hour flight, no matter how you slice it up. Um, and you're probably going to have to charter because you're going to want to fly right into State College. You know, and doing that. Uh, once a year, but, but again, likewise, you know, Phoenix is not a tough place to get to lots of flights no. there. You know, it's a, it's a destination where, where visiting fans obviously want to go. Um, you know, one drawback to the, the Gopher series there is that both teams are in maroon and gold. So you couldn't really see how many visiting fans there <laughs> oh, are there. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, okay. it's not like when, when North Dakota comes to town, you know, that green no. just pops everywhere, but, uh. Although I, I did see a couple in a, in a North Dakota fighting Sioux, uh, both wearing, you know, jackets with the fighting Sioux logo on. I, I joke that North Dakota <laughs> fans are, are, are everywhere. You, you, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who's playing. You will find a, a North Dakota fan in the crowd. Jesse, you get fine. a kick out of this real quick before Paul jumps in. But I had a chance to visit with Rocco Grimaldi the other day in yep. San Diego. And uh, I asked him point blank. I said, uh, are you fighting Sue or fighting Hawk? And he looked at me and he goes, I'm a Hawk, I'm a, a Sue, and I'll never be a Hawk, and I never was a Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> he set me straight right now. <laughs> and you know what's strange? You mentioned that football at North Dakota, basketball at North Dakota, other sports in North Dakota, they've absolutely adopted the Hawks nickname. You don't see the you don't see the Sioux gear anywhere, but the hockey really? team is the one team where they just have dug their heels in. You know, Ralph Engelstead always said I don't want him to ever change the logo before he died and and I think uh, that hockey fan base is just a different breed where they've just said you know what we're going to we're going to dig our heels in we're going to stick with it this is what we want to be called you know we're going to chant let's go sue at every game we're you know end of the national anthem you always hear on the home of the and then they all yell sue you know it's like so it might not ever change even even though they're you know I always say the North Dakota is a great fan base because you can taunt them by using their actual official nickname. That 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 gets under their skin worse than just about anything. Yeah, I know. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Um, uh, so as we sit here on December fourth, um, this has been about as topsy turvy and as crazy. I I said this to Scott early before you came on. In the years that I've been doing this, and and in what I call the ASU era, because um, while I started following college hockey much more in the you know the, the decade before because of some friends, uh, I obviously haven't followed it like I have since ASU started. Um, this has been a, a crazy year and in a, in, in a completely unexpected year in terms of who's up and who's down. And you could have five to six teams from the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament 
um, five or six Hockey East teams, and it's not that like, the Hockey East teams were never good. They just haven't been. Um, and you might only see two NCHC teams in the tournament this year. I mean, uh, there's nobody that would have bet that. No, absolutely not. You talk about the alpha dog. <laughs> I mean, holy smokes. I mean, yep. um, and it's not, and it's not all the usual names, right? Because, uh, North Dakota is not in that top 16 and Duluth is not there. It's Denver and St. Cloud and. You look at the Hockey East teams, and it's UConn and Merrimack. Yep. Uh, you know, and, you know, people expected big things from, from the two M's, and we're not, we can get into that if you want to, too. Um, now, maybe maybe this is a result, though. Think about the offseason we had. Right. Ever Has it ever happened in college hockey history that Michigan, Michigan State, BU and BC all changed coaches in the same year. I mean, you're talking no, I don't about think four, that's ever happened. four <laughs> traditional powers. So maybe this is just kind of the the growing pains that you have to get through when you have that kind of upheaval. Well, and, you know, I, I'm trying to keep my eye on Ohio State. Um, you know, after last year going into to Christmas, they were the surprise story. And, you know, they started off hot again this year but have kind of stumbled as you got into conference play. But, I mean, you would think that they would have kind of gotten it or, you know, made whatever corrections that they didn't make last year, this year. I mean, at this point, they're still in the top 15. So, um, but they've been up and down two of the last three weeks, and you don't expect Michigan to be 12. No. Now, you know, having watched the Big Ten pretty closely, I'll say this. Uh, Michigan has dealt with some illnesses. Right. They weren't at full strength when Minnesota came to visit. Now, neither was Minnesota. Keep in mind, the Gophers had their backup goalie in for two nights at Yost Ice Arena. You talk about, hey, here's a fun place for you to make your college, you know, your Big Ten debut. (laughs) We're just going to throw you out there in front of the children at Yost. Good luck. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well. And, and, you know, Arne, Owen Bartoskiewicz uh, wound up winning two games. They played the second game without Logan Cooley, who was suspended right. uh, for a hit. And it was a legitimate suspension. The yep. complaint they had was I think they were on the bus headed to the rink when they got the word from the Big Ten that he would had been suspended for that game. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. That, that's wrong. I mean, first of all, he thought he was thrown out of the game, and he left the rink. Right. They had to, like, go in the locker room and get him. Yeah, I mean – the fact that it took them that long is, is ridiculous because so, so he serves his five minutes, he gets back on the rink and then he has a goal and an assist after that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's Logan Cooley. I mean, right. You're only going to slow him down for a certain amount of time. Um, the, the teams in the big 10 still are as, as offensively minded as you can get. And, you know, obviously except for Notre Dame, um, but when you have the puck all the time, you don't have to worry about playing defense. So, I mean, there's that. And UConn was one of the hottest teams in the country last year at the end of the season, missed getting into the tournament in the losing in the hockey East final, but Merrimack. Yeah. I mean, uh, nobody saw that. I mean, and I've gotten to watch a little bit more hockey. East. Uh, UConn is a really good team. So is Providence. 
I don't know how much you've gotten to see of those guys. I'm really looking forward to seeing UConn uh, whenever I get a chance. Yeah, it sounds like, and you know, Providence, you know what you're going to get. Right. You know, they, they, they've established themselves. You, you know you're going to get a, a, a just a hard-nosed defensive game. You're going to get some sneaky good offense. UConn, people are still kind of figuring them out, and that's kind of fun. And you mentioned Ohio State. Um, I, I saw them earlier this year. Good, gritty team. Now, they're saying all the right things about uh, Camille Sudloka, who was, has left the team. He's not off the team. Right. Uh, Steve Rollick has made this clear. He is still a member of the team, but he's at home right now. And they haven't really given any timeline for if, when, how he rejoins the Buckeyes. Right. Now, not only is that a loss for them on the ice, but don't kid yourself. As much as they say, you know, we're, we're moving on and all that, that's in their heads. That, that's not easy to deal with when, when a guy who's been a teammate of yours is all of a sudden gone. And for those reasons, and there's a lot of question about how you take the next step here. You know, what kind of... Uh, amends have to be made for for an incident like this where a racial slur was used and and all of that i mean that's and you know god bless ohio state for taking it as seriously as they have you know probably could have handled it differently initially right but the fact that he's been sent home and and they're still figuring it out you know give them time to figure it out but but i commend them for that right and the other thing about um and we like to focus on this because you, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're in a different part of the country. So you get the different ideas and, and hear different things from different people. Um, one, uh, you were in what is for now the newest building in college hockey. You have two more coming up this year, including UConn and, and, and one at Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. Yeah. It's an exciting time for them, huh? You know, and those are only going to be the newest buildings in college hockey for a few months. Because you have Augustana coming on next year. And those kinds of things don't happen if people don't see the, 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 the chance for growth in college hockey, do they? Right. I mean... Sacred Heart's a fun one. The fact that, you know... To, you know, show me uh, 10 college hockey fans in Minnesota and ask them to find Sacred Heart on a map. <laughs> and, and if any of them can do it, I'd be shocked. But that's really cool to, to see a school like that in a hockey-centric area like Connecticut to say, you know what, this is something we can hang our hat on. This is something we can become known for. 20 years ago, had anybody ever heard of Quinnipiac? No. You know, and now they're a perennial power and people know that they're, you know, in Connecticut. That's where they... They, you know, they know about that program. They know about Rand Pecknold and what he's done, you know, on the ice recruiting. And, you know, so good for them. Just let, me ask, let me ask a couple things here, Paul, first okay. before we run out of time, because I know you got more that could go on for another hour. But I do. <laughs> but anyway, Jess, I want to ask you a couple things. When you look at this particular Minnesota team, the talent is uh, through the roof. We know that. I mean, all you got to do is look at the bloodlines. I was trying to teach Paul about Strobel. And uh, <laughs> oh, you're full of it. No, you, you didn't. I just I asked you because I didn't have because it wasn't on the website and all of that. Anyway, Stop. Uh, we'll get back to that. But anyway, as you look at this team, and uh, I made the comment about Denver last year, I said, uh, I don't know if they were actually the most talented team, but I thought they were the most cohesive team and and the team that that was going to win a championship because they were all tied together. Um, I'm I'm still kind of up in the air in Minnesota. I know the talents there, but are they that tight? Are they are they 
NCAA championship ready? And does it mean a lot to them to win an NCAA national championship? Well, let me put it this way. Uh, Jimmy Snuggery, kid who'd never played college hockey before. I sat down with him in June at Braemar Arena in Edina. He was playing in a summer league. He was doing some skating skills training. He had just uh, he was just getting ready for the NHL draft. He wound up going around to the the St. Louis Blues. You know, his dad played in the NHL. He's kind of a a legacy Gopher. He's a third generation guy. His mom's father and his father all both played for the Gophers. I sat down with him for about a five minute interview. Here's a kid who has never skated in a college hockey game before, and at a five minute interview, six times, six times, he said, "Win a national championship." I mean, that is the oh, absolute focus of this team. That's what you have to hear. Absolutely. You know, um, and, and let's face it. If, if, if you live in Minnesota, if you follow the Gophers, the expectation is frozen for every year or it's, or it's not a success. So the fact that Bob Motzko took over a program that hadn't been to a frozen four since 2014, he got him there last year. That was a huge step forward. Um, Scott, you saw this team on the ice. I did a, a kind of a podcast thing with Pat Micheletti back in September at one of their first practices, and I said at that time, on January 1st, this will be the best team in college hockey. And I said January 1st because with, I think, 11 new faces, they were going to need some time to, to gel, to be cohesive. Now, they have the luxury that they can roll four lines, and Bob Motzko's been doing that. So he's got a line of all freshmen that he puts out there you know, every fourth shift. And they haven't contributed a ton offensively yet, but they're figuring it out. So watching Minnesota this past weekend, they might be a month ahead of schedule. They're looking really, really good. They've they've had a few losses that they'd like to take back. A couple of nights where, you know, there were defensive letdowns. And, you know, we saw that against Arizona State where you can't give up three breakaways in a game and expect to <laughs> to, to come out on top in somebody else's building. But they're coming off a six-game road trip in which they went 5-1. and one. They've got Wisconsin this weekend. Then they've got a long break. Then they dive back into the Big Ten schedule. I, I, you know, putting all bias aside because this is the team I cover, I truly think this is the, the most talented team in the country. And I would pencil them in for one of the four slots in Tampa for the Frozen Four right now. How much of that, Jess, was from some of the returning guys who got beat in that frozen four last year and being like hey we got to step up our game and made that known to the inco- the new players i i think that's a huge factor and the fact that you had guys like brock faber jackson lacombe ryan johnson all three of which could very likely be playing on nhl blue lines right now matthew Nyes, i don't think there's any question he could walk into the toronto maple leafs locker room tomorrow and there would be a jersey waiting for him but these are all guys who got that first taste of getting on the big stage, of playing before a, fr- a sold-out crowd in Boston, going into the fir- locker room after the first period with a lead, yeah. and then seeing it slip away and having that taste in their mouth. Uh, that didn't go away too easily. So yes, Let me, let me yeah. tell you this real quick. Um, when I saw Matthew and I this summer at the NJEC, I, uh, I asked him, I said, why are you still here? I said, why are you not in Toronto? And he said, I'll be honest with you. He said, I talked to Brock Faber this summer. And I said, Brock, uh, are you turning pro? And he said, no. And I said, why not? He said, I'm not good enough yet. And he said, I looked at him and I said, 
Brock, if you're not good enough, I'm not good enough. I'm coming back. <laughs> well, Straight up. Yep. Well, and and besides, Matthew and I is not a goalie, so I don't really know what Toronto uh, would, you know, they're not struggling. <laughs> oh, to get, score, the, so. get the Toronto bias out of you. Um, <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, and, and, and I'm glad, you know, because Scott made that point all the time and has made that point that Denver and Minnesota State went to, to Boston last year to win a national championship. Um, and and he said that, it, you know, and I, and I have no reason to doubt him. I just don't tell him that. Um, that, <laughs> that that mindset definitely made a difference in that Frozen Four versus Minnesota and Michigan. So um, it'll be very interesting to see uh, how that plays out for the rest of the year because – if that mindset is correct with the talent they have, um, Justin Close doesn't have to be great. He just has to be very good. Okay, can I clarify that that statement that you just set me up on? Just so Jess what? knows. Uh, here's what I said. I said, I thought there were four teams in the Frozen Four that were the four best teams at the time, and I thought two of them were really there to win the national championship, and that was it. And the other two may have had some distractions from the NHL, and I saw that. And Jess, I think you were on that uh, Frozen Four uh, Zoom, right, last yep, year b- yep, before. Yep. And I think you know all the other writers were like, you know, I mean, you cover you cover college hockey and you the pros, and you know all that. But it seemed like every question was directed towards Minnesota and Michigan about. Uh, how good are your guys going to be in the pros? When are right. they going to leave? Are they coming back? And that it seemed to me like nobody asked David Carl that, and nobody asked Mike Hastings that. Like, hey, are you, you worried about your guys coming back or focusing on the NHL? They were like, no, we're focusing on winning the national championship. And I just thought it. My feeling was that 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 was what happened. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not, but it sure felt that way. Yep. Yep. I I would agree with that. And, you know, switching programs, but you think about Michigan last year when you had four guys on that team who could and did step directly into the NHL for the most part as soon as the Frozen Four was over. Right. I mean, that was one point Mel Pearson made when I sat down with him uh, in the summer when he kind of told his side of the story of being let go at, at Michigan was, you know, he made the point that this report came out and there's all these things swirling around about toxicity in his program and cultural problems in his program and how players don't like him and you know they don't like to play for him and and you know all of these problems and he says and yet four guys who could have stepped directly into the nhl at any point chose to come back and play for him for another year now part of that obviously is the drive to want to win a national championship and you know if michigan scores an overtime goal against denver who knows but you know that's a legitimate question and and to me that just shows the appeal of college hockey. You know, we, we joke about this, but uh, as a friend of mine who used to be with College Hockey Inc. once said, have you ever heard anybody say, I wish I would have spent less time in college? No, <laughs> they made me leave. <laughs> you know, um, I'm, a week ago, my wife and I were sitting on Mill Avenue on a patio having a <laughs> having a Papago Orange uh, beer. And I was only sharing just a little of it because I had to work that night. But man, I you know I don't know that I'd be in a rush to get out of that atmosphere. I wasn't, <laughs> and I have the degree to prove it. Yeah. All right. So I know we're running out of time here. So I have two thing, uh, three things to 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 say and and, and get your response. And I know what uh, a couple of them might be. But is there any feel? One is there any feel 
for what's going to happen after this NCAA moratorium on leagues and the whole one-sport conference things goes. I mean, that'll be the long answer. The second thing is um, I, I can't commend your girl, Sydney Wolf, there enough for the job she's done, especially keeping track of the transfer portal. And three, uh, Scott and I were arguing, the NHL needs to go back to wearing white at home. <laughs> okay, I'll, start with number, you- <laughs> I'll start with number three. Absolutely. Because think about this. When, when, when your teams wear your dark jerseys at home, let's say you're an Arizona Coyotes fan. Every game, you see the Coyotes in their in their black jerseys with the Kachina on them, which is fantastic, yeah. and you see a team in white. And that's every, every game. Every game. You don't get to see Dallas come in wearing the green. You don't get to see those sweet orange jerseys that the Flyers wear. You know, you don't get to see the Broad Street Bullies and the, the, the Rangers. All you see is white every game. Yep. It's like, come on, go back to wearing white at home. As they should. Yeah, yep, as God intended. Yep. All right. Okay. Are you going to get the rest of them? Transfer portal. Well, I'm just saying uh, the 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 young lady and, that you have work with. You and you're absolutely right Wolf. about Sydney Wolf. I mean, absolutely the hardest working person in show business. And you know, for sure, uh, she's getting married this month, and then she's taking like a couple weeks off to go on a honeymoon. I'm guessing we're going to get stories from her from Europe on her honeymoon. <laughs> she's she's going to be filing, you know, a, a three paragraphs on Thief River Falls playing East Grand Forks. I, I don't know how she's going to do it, but. Man, Sydney does a great job. What a huge asset for the rink live and and stick salute to Sydney and and uh, God bless you to her future husband because I don't know when he's ever going to get to see his wife. Yeah. Unless unless he just follows her to the rink, which is not a bad way to go. No, no, no. Okay, the conference question. Interesting you bring this up because when Heather Weems came on board last summer as the new commissioner of the NCHC, and I think she's doing a great job and and will continue to do a great job. You know, you talk about someone who had the guts to make some tough decisions during her tenure at St. Cloud State and did, uh, you know, an excellent job with the Huskies, you know, almost got a national championship out of them, brought Brett Larson on, who was the right coach at the right time. And you look at what the Huskies are doing, um, you know, a lot lot of uh, commendation due to her for her work at St. Cloud State. Now, I was at the press conference when she uh, was formally announced as the commissioner of the NCHC. And one thing that there was a lot of talk about was the Summit League, which is a multi-sport conference that has teams like Omaha, North Dakota, uh, St. Thomas, Augustana. No, no, maybe not Augustana. Uh, anyway, yeah. it has a bunch of the current NCHC members in it right. already. And its commissioner is a guy named Josh Fenton, who until last year, as you know, was the commissioner of the NCHC. So there was a lot of talk about this idea of our multi-sport conference is the future of college hockey. We have one currently in the Big Ten. I'm just going to say this. As much as I like Big Ten hockey, I hope not. I because I think the hockey-specific conferences do a better job governing hockey teams. Um, the Big Ten does a good job. The Big Ten does not do a great job. And the simple fact is this. Hockey is always going to be, at best the third biggest dog at the bowl fighting for some food in the Big Ten because it's a conference that's ruled by football and basketball and women's basketball to a certain extent as well. And with only six actual Big Ten members playing hockey, you're never going to get the attention, or at least you haven't gotten the attention or the resources that I think the sport demands 
from a multi-sport conference. So that would be my qualm about the idea of the Summit League absorbing the eight NCH teams and, and kind of doing that. If they do it right, go ahead. But I haven't seen it done the way it needs to be done yet. Let, let me tell you this, Jess, too, on this note. Um, if anybody could do it, I think it would be Josh Fenton. Absolutely. <laughs> I did an outstanding job with the NCHC. Yep. Yeah, yeah, without yep. a doubt. I and I but, agree with you 100%. I don't want to see it either. But but if it's, you know, if if you're bringing on hockey just to say we have hockey, don't do it. Exactly. Exactly. Unless you're going to give it the attention and the resources it needs, don't do it. Totally agree with you. Yep. We appreciate you spending some time with us. I know your schedule is as busy as mine and uh Paul doesn't do anything except sit in the basement anyway. True. But, uh, <laughs> Jess, that's a good. That's a good gig if you can get it, though. I mean, I'm a little envious, you know. So, I, you know, I, I posted a picture, Scott, and you probably saw it on on social media, from the rooftop of the Weston in Tempe. You know, that panorama <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of the of the mountains off to the north and the pool and the TV lounge they've got up on the 18th floor, whatever it is. And I said, you know, last Thanksgiving, the Gophers uh, took a trip to Grand Forks. This year, it was a bit of an upgrade. So, <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. Let's, let's make uh, ASU uh, part of Big Ten hockey. Let's do it tomorrow. All right, Jess, we appreciate your time. Uh, take care, safe travels around, and uh, happy holidays to you and your family, okay? All the best to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Absolutely. Uh, that's Jess Myers from The Rink Live. Paul and I will be back in just a couple minutes to wrap up another episode of College Hockey West Live. From the nation's best college hockey conference. Access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move! Jake Gensel. banks it towards the goalie, score! before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for their next shift at the rink.
customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number. Summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Question? Comment? Let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, to College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you in a very um, dismal um Maricopa, Arizona tonight with a little uh, moisture hanging around and hopefully we'll see sun tomorrow. It's been two days. Time, time to come out. Paul Hornstein on Long Island, New York, never has a day without sun because that's just his life. A day without sunshine yeah. does not exist at the palatial whatever. estate on the island. Yeah, All right. Um, we don't have much time to wrap things up. Uh, Jess is always uh, great. Uh, we love having him on and love talking hockey with him. He's so knowledgeable on what he does and certainly brings some insight uh, from the Big Ten and from other areas of the country. Paul, quickly, your recap. Well, listen, uh, here's the thing, right? Um, I know we like to focus on the, the the seven teams that we cover, and they didn't all play this weekend, and some of them wish they didn't play this weekend. and um, But you get a, a different, an outside perspective um, at the and, a, and, a, and an inside perspective of, of college hockey because, you know, just like, you know, you, you've been around college hockey for a long time. Jess has been around college hockey for a long time. And, you know, you guys have that institutional knowledge. And, and you know, these other things like an ASU league and, and what happened, what, what is it, you know, what about uh, uh, what, is going on with the NCAA right now and, 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 and those kinds of things, he, he, he's in touch with those kinds of things. And heck, you could probably do a sh an hour show on each of those individual topics alone. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's kind of just a tease when we have it on, um, right. You know, for a little bit, but we had to get it out there and at least now there's food for thought and a little fodder to, yep. uh, to, uh, dig into down the road um I, I thought his comments about minnesota i'm seeing the same thing he is paul i mean and i'll tell you as you know coming into this year i thought the, they're a bunch of really talented hockey players but are they going to come together as a team and i'll tell you what i saw and jess maybe saw the same thing he said that maybe they were a little full of turkey and a little full of sunshine on uh, friday night at, at mullet arena but i saw matthew nice talking to people his family friends outside the arena when I was getting into my car at the uh, parking garage and he was out there for a while and I could see the focus uh, and hear the focus in Matthew's voice about how he was going to come back. And I think you remember me saying that coach Powers said uh, he didn't think Matthew was, Matthew was totally engaged Friday night, but he definitely was Saturday. Well, I think that's the difference. I think that's, what's going to be the difference down the road. And boy, if we could end up with a Denver, Minnesota, uh, national championship game. Wow. That would be a lot of fun. Um, there'd be a lot of skill on that ice. That's for darn sure. Yeah. A lot of skill and a lot of guys playing to, I think actually win it. I think Minnesota learned something last year. I think they, they came into it thinking, you know, um, th this is what we do. We're hockey players. We can win this thing. And they found out that you needed to be more of a team 
And, uh, yeah. you know, the point that you brought up about Arizona State this this last weekend, shortening the bench, well, you heard Jess say that uh, Bob Mosco rolls four lines, and the last one is all freshmen, and they may not be contributing yet fully on the scoreboard, but more importantly, they're not giving up anything. They're not a liability. Right. Yeah, and well, if you can roll four lines, you know what that does for you and the success of your team. Of course. No doubt. No doubt at all. And, you know, that that's that's what you have to do over a long season. And, and college you, hockey is a long season. Yeah, and let me tell you, there's two teams that roll four lines and have freshmen like that, and that's Denver and Minnesota. I haven't seen every team, obviously, but I've seen those two teams a yeah. lot, and they're not afraid to throw them out there. You just look at Jared Wright and uh, Aiden Thompson and, and guys like that playing for from uh, Denver, and you know when you can do that, that makes your whole team better. Yep. Yep. No okay. Doubt. Take it away, and we'll talk more hockey tomorrow night and Tuesday night. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, College Hockey West Live on the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Brought to you by AT&T Wireless, where you can get the latest phones free with eligible trade-ins. Go to att.com slash wireless for more details. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our Three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style, available at our two locations, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, as well as the new one at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to the NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Drury's and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now at DruryHotels.com. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how to your local Top Golf Center or go to TopGolf.com. Liberty University. Over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort or in town. And by College Hockey, Inc. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Search I-T-H-S-W Podcasts, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review. Help people find the show. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend, and you made it in time. Uh, we'll say good night, and we'll say a big thank you to Jess Myers again from the Rink Live for joining us, talking college hockey with us. Paul and I will be back tomorrow with uh, analytics and eyeballs, and again on Tuesday with College Hockey West Live, and hopefully a couple more guests. So we'll say good night. Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody.